This episode is sponsored by Field Notes Brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Get your 4th of July's quick before they're gone. It's too late. It's too late. No! Visit fieldnotesbrand.com, or if you're in Chicago, swing by their store at 400 North May. Uh, good evening, Haynes and Tickets. This is your, uh, captain speaking. Welcome to Thunderbird Airlines, flight number 667. Hope it's a little bit smoother than our last flight. We'll be taking off shortly on a uh, four-hour non-stop red-eye to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Here at uh, Thunderbird Airlines, we don't avoid the weather. We make it. So we'll be responsible for uh, two cloudbursts, three squall lines, a uh, supercell that covers four states, Three final clouds over the Midwest, and all the lightning you can handle. Our in-flight meal will be roasted white bulldog in a Wisconsin cheddar sauce. And now for our safety presentation, our chief flight attendant, Tammy. Hello, and welcome to Thunderbird Airlines, where safety is our number one concern. Please refer to the seatback card if you have any questions. As we're preparing for takeoff, please move your seatbacks and prey tables to their full, upright, and locked position. This aircraft is a federally regulated no-spooking zone. Federal law prohibits the tampering with or removal of squawk detectors in the lavatories. Murderous apparitions can be found at the front and rear of the aircraft as well as over the wings. Please bear in mind that the nearest apparition might be right behind you. Please take this moment to turn off all personal electronics, such as EM meters, spiricoms, or thermal imagers, and please make sure that all crane janglers are stored in the overdread compartment. In the event of a cabin catapultization, blindfolds will drop from the cabin ceiling. Please secure your blindfold before securing the blindfold of any unbaptized children. The onboard fright crew will then deal with the catapultus. We know you have a choice in how you travel, and we thank you for choosing Thunderbird Air. Please enjoy your flight. Uh, folks, this is your captain speaking. I believe a Sandhill Crane just got sucked into the starboard engine. Uh, maintenance tells me it's going to take about three hours to get this repaired. I've notified the fried crew to go ahead and serve that white bulldog. Whoa! Hold on! Oh, that's right, travelers. Time to take your shoes, your belt, and all your metal off. <laughs> And go through the scanner of the unknown, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you well, hold on to your boarding pass. Yeah. You can put keep it on that. <laughs> it's time to get hit with our backscatter. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your passport. Into mystery. Oh, you've been <laughs> you've been randomly selected for entertainment. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave Stecco. I'm David Flora. Welcome to Blurry Photos. Yep. Uh, Your nonstop you know, flight yeah. into... Uh, let's just get this out of the way. We are a podcast Yeah. yeah. Uh, that talks about strangeness, weirdness, 
and also turtle breeding. Now, for our longtime listeners, we haven't gotten around to the turtle part yet, but it's coming. It's coming. Season seven. Right when that store opens. Season of the turtle. (laughs) I don't know what on earth made me say that. Well. Hey, listener. It's it's weird stuff. It's really topical, (laughs) honestly. Listener, how are you today? Yeah, we we spend so much time. You can't answer. They can answer. It won't matter. (laughs) Oh, it does matter. (laughs) What if they're on the bus and they're like, man, I'm just not doing so good. And someone says, hey, let's go out to lunch. And then they take you to lunch and you order a sandwich you didn't usually get, but you get it. And it's amazing. And you're like, wow, the world can surprise me. It's not all predestined. And then that stranger stabs you. Right. Because really, they were just trying to get you off that bus so they could stab you. <laughs> That's how the world yeah. works. You were on your way understand? to... Understand? You were on your way to work. Who's taking someone to lunch at 6.30 in the morning, dude? <laughs> what were you thinking? You got had. <laughs> <laughs> Bamboozled. Hoodwinked. It's right. Oh, people of Sherwood Force. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I think that it's... I think we'll just stick with our current... A system which is making people laugh inappropriately on public transit right right which i enjoy we get we get a fair amount of, of people mentioning that i problem. like hearing it i like hearing I about do it too i i one day i want to be taking the bus and and see somebody doing that and be like excuse me what are you listening to and then then i'll get stabbed yeah <laughs> now quiz pop quiz hot shots uh-huh. which one of us is the shoot optimist the, shoot shoot the shoot the hostage <laughs> that's right dave's the hostage oh what I'm the pessimist. I can't possibly be the hostage. But you expect to be the hostage. I expect to. Yeah. And I expect to shoot. Nothing ever does. I expect to shoot the hostage. So I think that's how. Wow. We're going to get into a lot of stuff tonight. (laughs) Nope. 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 No episode. It's just just an hour and 40 minutes of this. We're going to talk tonight. We we. We owe ourselves, we owe you, the listener, we owe yes. everything that we talk about, all the subjects, mostly. Uh, uh, to one man! To, to, this, to this one feller who sort of grandfathered us all into yeah, to what we he, enjoy. He laid the foundation. He, you know, was one of the first documented people that really tried to, A, research, and B, compile uh, this stuff. And uh, we're just so fortunate that someone that you know, was that far ahead of the curve to kind of light the path. And he's also running for president. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump is the subject of tonight's episode. Leave the politics out. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, who are we talking about tonight? Oh, even better than DT. Um, We are talking about Charles Fort. The, Charles Hoy Fort. That's right. Charles Hoy. Today Fort. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charles Fort. The 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 fort in the Fortean times. Yeah. The 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 reason that that he's the guy who said, "Hey, let's look at nothing but weird stuff," until the neighbors stopped talking to us. Yep. I've taken up the charge. I've championed the cause. We're going to talk about who he was, what he do. And what his legacy is. Yep. Uh, because you know what? Damn it. We owe the man a tip of the hat. We do. We do indeed. And I'll t- I got to tell you, I'm excited about this because 
there's there's some fun zigzags in this. There's there's this is going to take some unexpected turns and some fun directions. So right, and and I don't want to say I don't want to go so far as to say we're going to debunk some misconceptions about this. Then don't don't say that. Then uh, so we're going to just go right into the information. I don't want you to do anything you're not comfortable with, Flora. Yes, you do. You do all the time. <laughs> what? Ooh, Laura, things are gonna get easier. I have to sing this when he gets real antsy. Ooh, Laura, things will get your brighter. So. <laughs> and now, thank you for your donations for new mics. Yeah, no sh- uh, let's get into this. Uh, Charles Fort, uh, born 1874, died 1932. Charles was a writer, researcher, and philosopher of sorts whose work collecting newspaper stories of a strange or weird nature has influenced countless researchers, authors, and those intrigued by anomalous phenomena. Anomalous phenomena. Anomalous phenomena. <laughs> Which is that if Flora, if you and I form a band <laughs> it's it gotta be it has to be anomalous phenomena that's wonderful <laughs> that's great anomalous yeah. phenomena. <laughs> well that's a new single um, oh my god yeah maybe maybe it, like that's our production company's name anomalous phenomena <laughs> productions that's pretty good <laughs> it's just fun to say it just yeah you can't stop saying it now say it say yeah. it real quick on the just bus say right now anomalous phenomenon Okay, now now we've said it enough. All right. Uh, His ideas and investigations have led to the designation of a field of interest called Fortiana, which encompasses supernatural and paranormal phenomena, occult practices, ufology, cryptozoology, to name a few. Yeah, we'll name those few. And uh, and like we said, since since we're pretty much all Fortiana, we got to pay the guy tribute. Yeah, and and I think... this is such a, a strange thing because, you know, anyone who spends five minutes wondering about UFOs runs across the Fortian Times. Which is a, a magazine, Yeah, right? it's a magazine. And and these guys, you know, I, I've i always been aware of it, but I've never known much about it. Yeah, I, I kind of, me too. Um, um, part of that is because of their very strict paywall policy for their website. <laughs> guys, that's not how you win. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how you make money, though. No, I don't think it is. Ask the New York Times. They get their asses kicked for paywalling. I don't oh, really? Know. Maybe it's working now. People, maybe people were okay with it. So anyway, blurry photos, paywall now. <laughs> we just paywalled it. We're not going to paywall our website. Never. You got to be, uh, well, you're going to have to give us $5 a month to see the store. Right. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Actually, for as long as we've talked about it <laughs> Sadly, maybe somebody would be like, I'll give you the fucking $5 if you can show me the fucking store. <laughs> we should we, be paying you all $5 yeah, yeah, it, for how long we strung you along. You're so correct. <laughs> now, that's not a promise. <laughs> you're going into the penalty box for promising all of our listeners $5. It was a theoretical. It's a theoretical. You're going to put scientists in prison? Charles Fort would. Yeah, he would. Let's talk about his life a little bit here. Then we'll go into his gooey parts. Gross. Born into a fairly prosperous family of Dutch immigrants who owned a wholesale grocery business in Albany, New York, he was the eldest of three boys. According to what has survived of his autobiography, called Many Parts, (laughs) his father was a rather tyrannical authoritarian, 
often beating young Charles and being a general jackass, which led Charles to develop a strong distrust of authority and an independent spirit. I love it. His childhood as such was turbulent, through which he stumbled and brawled and resisted parental authority and any other imposition he thought unjust or foolish. But he did retain a sense of imagination and compassion for the less fortunate. Uh, He didn't do well in school, but he wasn't dumb. No, everyone thought that he was very clever and cool. Yeah, he he loved nature and he was curious about the world. uh, And he had a great wit and learned a lot through reading. Truth be told, it, this is this is the classic origin story of a stand-up comic. It's just that he was born at the wrong time. <laughs> it's it's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I like at the end of the story. This is this is going to be the um, the life and times before David Floor was born in his other life. Right, the life and times of David Floor's other life. By the way, I'm I'm sorry that I chose to beat you so severely, but you were a willful child. Flora, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, things will get brighter. So, <laughs> put it together. Damn, that joke just. I know that it's old because it involves everyone going, Shit, here it comes, here it comes. I can't bring myself to promise I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Finally free of his father at age 18, he quickly... Oh, by the way, my father didn't beat me. I, that, that wasn't part of... of <laughs> I was in gen- my past life. Yeah. <laughs> in my past life, my father beat me? <laughs> in my past life as Charles Fort. Okay. The, the rest of it's pretty well. Because mm, like I'll tell you what, Bahama Mama come after you. <laughs> you let that sit out there. Uh, not, not Flora's mom. Listener Bahama Mama, two totally separate entities. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Finally free of his father at age 18, he quickly moved to New York City and began work as a reporter. And not long after that, he decided to hitchhike through Europe to, quote unquote, put some capital into the bank of experience. (laughs) 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 He traveled to Scotland, Wales, England, and then apparently Cape Town, South Africa. Um, in, so, in a very direct route. I would love to travel the world. Asterisk, provided they speak English. <laughs> well, and that was in 1896, and he did that until he caught malaria and had to return to New York. His nurse was one of his father's English serving girls Ooh. on a filing, or or maybe it's filing or filling. Or Anna. Or Anna. We learned recently that A's can make multiple sounds in names. So instead of Anna, it could be Anna. Yeah. Instead of Lana, could be Lana. Anna! <laughs> the two fell in love and married soon after. Adorbs. Charles and Anna uh, settled down to a life of dire poverty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, baby, I love you so much. I'm just going to read and write whatever I feel like. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they lived in a succession of tiny apartments in the Bronx and Hill's kitchen quarters of New York city. He was not in shape enough to go out and fight crime at night. Exactly. Yeah. This is, this is before Netflix decided to protect that part of the city. (laughs) No one was protecting it before then. Don't you dare pretend that there was anything that happened before Netflix. (laughs) What, What a weird stare. And and kudos to Netflix for the good job they did on Daredevil, I have to yeah. say. I, I really enjoyed it. And I never liked Daredevil as a superhero before that. 
Me neither. He, they, they, they did a good job. Burp, 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 burp. Wasn't too big on Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. I think they couldn't. Oh, I thought he did an amazing job. I thought he was great. Yeah. I was really impressed with that part. Actually, I think that's my favorite part. Hmm. 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 Well, Agree to disagree, Flora. I guess. You mm. know what? F*** this podcast and f*** you. It's out. With the minute you cross D'Onofrio, it's... Ooh, okay. Not this yeah, time, yeah, yeah, boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things are gonna get easier. No way, <laughs> Never again. Jesus. Uh, One more of those. We're putting the counter on the episode. Yeah, we got to. Charles took odd jobs between infrequent sales of his stories, most of which are now lost, to uh, newspapers and magazines. Well, lost... <laughs> And by lost, you mean a lot of them he burned himself willingly <laughs> or threw to the wind. Yeah. At times, things were so bad, the forts had to use their furniture for firewood. Oh. I, what do you start with when you're burning furniture? The foots, leg of foots, a chair? Footstools? Y- y- That's where yeah. I'd start. See, I... Hmm. I guess I'm I'm too attached to furniture, so I'd be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to saw off this leg of a chair. What about bookshelves? No, man. They hold the books. Yeah, but... You see how many books I got? Books are just like nature's logs. That's true. You could just make a chair out of them. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Logs are nature's nature's logs. logs. (laughs) My bad. Uh, He had very few friends, whereas Anna knew everyone and was very social. He smoked and drank home-brewed beer. Sweet! Love this guy. And spent most of his time at the library making notes on references. He wrote 10 novels and collected... 25,000 notes. Jesus. But in a couple fits of deep depression, he burned them all, saying, quote, they were not what I wanted, end quote. Then he started all over. <laughs> well, you know, at least he started over. Instead of just rage quitting Wallowing. his entire life. Yeah. I've, I've been there, dude. Where <laughs> I, I've wanted to burn it all down. Well, and I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where this joke is coming from or when it's going to stop. In 1905, while trying to sell his work, he met magazine editor Theodore Dreiser and became good friends. In 1909, Fort writes, The Outcast Manufacturers, which was published. Reviews were mostly positive, but the uh, Tenement Tale, which is what it was, was commercially unsuccessful. Tenement Tale. You ever heard of that? Tenement tale? Tenement tale? Tenement tale? It's, isn't it just about living in poverty? I, is that I, what it is? I don't know at all. Man, do you know how much it hurts me to say that? Because I'm a know-it-all. In 1915, he writes X and Y, the first dealing with the idea that beings on Mars were controlling events on Earth, and the second with the postulation of a sinister civilization extant at the South Pole. You seen these guys? Have you seen him? You know, I was down there and uh, inconclusive. Okay. They could have been among us. There been, there was a documentary in the early 80s. And then remade again, wasn't it? Well, Recently I mean, with, there was a follow-up. With Ramona Flowers? Yeah, it was, a, it was a follow-up documentary, but not nearly as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. Dreiser attempted to get them published, but to no avail. And disheartened by this failure, Fort, guess what, Dave? <laughs> hey, Charlie. What a nice pack of books and manuscripts you have. Do you know it'd be fun, Charlie? What? Burn them, Charlie. Burn them all. 
It's the only way, Charlie. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have so much fun together, Charlie. Oof. <laughs> crackle, crackle, crackle. <laughs> Soon after that, his vigor was renewed to begin work on a book that would change the course of his life called The Book of the Damned, which Dreiser helped to get into print. Yeah, I mean, brilliance here. When you write something called The Book of the Damned, people will pick it up. <laughs> I'm not saying a ton of them will buy it, but like you see that at the store, someone's going to pick it up and flip through it. And extra clever of him, the damned refers to his data. Yeah. He was just like he was just like so maddened by it, like all the information he'd collected in all of his notes, and that's that's what is that is what the damned is to right. him, like this his damned pile of information. <laughs> yeah, and and it was the stuff that um it was the stuff that science could not uh, account for and was thus rejected or ignored. So it was damned in that way as well. And so it's just this huge pile of rejects that he assembled into a book. Also some of his philosophical views and views on uh, the scientific theory and scientists in general and religion. Yeah. And, and he had some views, right? Which is, which is great. Uh, he, like you said, not a popular guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dreeser loved this guy and would like like a really good friend crowbar this guy out of his house. (laughs) He would come up with elaborate like hoaxes and ruses to get Charles to leave his house and meet him and, and their friends for like drinks or dinner. Yeah. And the weird thing is, is that Charles had a great time once he did. He just he would Dreeser would send him fake telegrams. And, and, and notes and stuff. Lure him. Yeah. And just scam him out of his own home and then be like, Oh, surprise. We're having dinner. Here's your drink. You should, you're, you're, you're behind. So you should probably drink these five shots too, (laughs) which is, which is a hell of a nice friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could tell the guy cared for, for Fort and uh, I'll just take a minute here to describe Charles Fort to you. He was described as being nearly six feet tall fair and built like a walrus with a matching mustache and spectacles as thick as bottle ends. Whoa. Uh, one friend described him as a jolly giant with the most magnificent sense of humor that ever made life bearable for a thinking man. <laughs> uh, Dreiser a- actually likened him to the comedian Oliver Hardy of Laurel and Hardy. I've heard of him. And said, uh, that unctuous, ingratiating mood, those unwieldy, deferential, twittery mannerisms were forts. It was back when all people had to do was the words. That was right. That was their entertainment was speaking. <laughs> but one of Dreiser's friends, uh, a woman named Margaret Chater, to Jader, to Yader, Chater. That's a weird last name. Remember Maggie. Yeah, Maggie. Maggie T. That's what they called her. Remembered Fort as a low-set man, dark with a greasy complexion, with scant black hair brushed over a round, dynamic head. His hands were fat and protruded from filthy shirt cuffs under a dark, nondescript suit. In spite of all this, there was something fascinating about him. He seemed utterly alive, carefree, and all-knowing as he talked. So he had something. He had, he, had, he, had he had that, that spark. That you know, spark. you meet that guy. You were like, hey, that's that, the guy. It's like everyone ends up in a kitchen at a party. He's like the kitchen. <laughs> you put him in a kitchen, you got a problem. Nobody's getting to the fridge. 
Nobody. <laughs> but the funny thing is, uh, most of the accounts say that uh, old Chucky was pretty introverted. I mean, a yeah. lot of stuff describes him as a hermit. Right. It, he, he did not want to go out. It took Ocean's Eleven to get him to come out for a burger. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the relationship was always good. He and his wife yeah. loved each other. And she liked going to the movies all the time. Yeah, and he was like, sure, yeah. let's go check him out. He was happy with that. Keep holding out for them talkies. She's like, what? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> Which was, I can't imagine, terribly often given the horrifying poverty that they lived in. Right. Um, but you know what? He played the waiting game. And, and won. And, and won. His uncle died and left uh, Charles and his brothers a chunk of money and allowed Charles to give up even the thin pretense of, of, of other work. Yeah. Um, he's like, well, now I'm a writer. <laughs> I hope this money doesn't disappear. <laughs> I hope it lasts. And now I'm a podcaster. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I can just focus on getting the store. Open. Seems familiar. <laughs> um, and so here's the thing. It's it's the worst money you can possibly get because the only time you get it is when someone dies. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, Charles's uncle was followed into death by his brother. Bump. Meaning that his brother's share were then was then redistributed between Charles and his surviving brother. Right. Um so so now Charles is sitting on some money. Like he doesn't really have to do much else. And at this point, he gets uh all not only more prolific, he's researching more, he's writing more. A little more sociable. The, the, you know, I've read, gosh, maybe four accounts now of his life and it, and all of them have this early on Dreiser really having to crowbar him out of his house. And as his life goes on, less references to the hoaxing and more references to him going out to dinner with friends and discussing issues and mm -hmm. being witty together, you know, kind of like a, a working man's Algonquin round table. <laughs> Even some speaking engagements wasn't wasn't there uh, yeah. in the future I think in on he, down the road well but. and while he's doing this his books while not uh, a commercial success he is building up what would soon to be known as a cult following right um but people who were into it were really into it and the book of the damned is is kind of what kicks off a lot of people's interest in Fort uh, and and them paying attention to him and the book of the damned. I only had time to read a little bit of it. I hope you didn't read it backwards in a cabin because that's the, that's Necronomicon territory. No, this might've made sense. Um, reading it backwards, but my, oh my, it, it's, we're it's long winded. And yeah, we're, we're certainly going to get to that as well. Like there is, if, if shoots and ladders, the board game was made <laughs> out of words. I think that's what it would have been. There is a, there is definitely, um, we're going to talk about some of his literary critiques. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So congratulations. You are a uh, literary critic from the 1920s. <laughs> you have achieved <laughs> ah. that. Holly <laughs> golly. Um, 23 skidoo. In, in 1921, uh, the forts took off for London, mm -hmm. mostly because... <laughs> yeah, I love this. Darling, we're moving <laughs> to London. But why? Was it a job? No. I want to look no, in there. you fool. <laughs> <laughs> I want to loiter at the library. <laughs> uh, they, they lived right next to the British Museum. And um, for eight years, he toured this museum. <laughs> 
He went to this museum, walked around, <laughs> learned stuff, came back the next day, walked around, learned n- new stuff. And, uh, and, and just, it was to widen his horizons on new subjects, man. Uh, I, okay. Apparently doing this made him think that time travel was possible. This guy was like a millennial before it was cool. <laughs> He's like really doing this semester abroad thing to the limit. The cheat is to the limit. The cheat is to the limit. Um, and then they they ended up coming back to New York in 1929. Uh, and then he started. He he was uh, uh, talking with this novelist named Tiffany Thayer, who was male. No, nope. Tiffany Thayer is a girl. There was. Listen, you can the furthest the spectrum goes is Leslie. Edith. Edith is a boy's name. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's no there's no dudes named Tiffany. Because if there was, if there's a guy named Tiffany, dude, f*** boy named Sue, okay? No one knows how to fight and bite a man's ear off more than a dude named Tiffany. Tiffany Ellsworth Thayer, born 1902, died 1959, American actor, author, and founder of the Fortean Society. He quit school at age 15, worked as an actor reporter, and used book clerk in Chicago, Detroit, and Cleveland. And then he toured as the teen. He toured. Oh, as a, as a dude named Tiffany? He's a guy named Tiffany. That is and scrumptious. <laughs> soon to be Cronenot. Yeah, no shit. How about that? So. Uh, to get back to it, he he um, he he had been talking to Tiffany, and uh, then they they hooked up and and traded uh, um, notes. Yeah, everything I'm Probably saying is coming out yep. is coming out very uh, um, entendrish, but it's not. No, they they literally met up so that they could exchange notes, and and Thayer loved Charles and and would visit him. They would. Um, they would drink his homebrewed beer and, and stay up talking about stuff. And apparently the abode of the forts was filled with uh, giant spiders, taxidermid spiders, uh, stuff that had fallen from the sky, which Charles Fort was super into. Yeah, that is one of the, the classic Fortian, uh, what, what do they call that? The um, anomalous phenomena. Yeah, that's definitely the core anomalous phenomena. And um, Fort had all his notes in, in a just a big wall of shoeboxes. <laughs> like a real crazy man. So a couple of funny things about Fort, and, and we're going to get kind of... We're kind of trying to cover the the life and times of of old Charlesy, old Chuck Hoy. <laughs> uh, but one of the one of the interesting things is that while he was extraordinarily open to the to unexplained phenomenon, he wanted to learn more about it. He had quite thoroughly made his mind up about medical science. Yeah, um, he was skeptical to say the least of of doctors. Which, Considered himself a true skeptic. Yeah, which kind of bit him on the ass. I'm not saying they would have saved him, but he had mounting health problems for some time yeah. and was just like, nah, them's his quacks. Yeah. Refused yeah. to go to a doctor. And that's the thing. You can't walk off what turned out to be leukemia. Yeah. You, you can't just, you know, drink some orange juice and, and listen to your radio programs. <laughs> Put your feet in some warm water and yeah. <laughs> Call it a day. Yeah. Ended up getting leukemia, died uh, pretty 
it, it wasn't like suddenly, but you know, when you yeah. when you're bad enough to start collapsing from leukemia, it it yeah. gets yeah, you're there. Yeah. So that's how he died, and that was in uh, May of 1932. But it was—it's actually—it it, was—it was characterized uh, un, unspecified weakness. But right, everybody's like, "Not nah, Dan, nah, nah, brah, nah, brah. And some jackass doctor in the corner is like, "Maybe it's an anomalous phenomenon." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Shut up, dude! He just died. Yeah, there you go. Too soon. Wow, what a they, too, they were the first people to too soon somebody. Yeah, too soon, Mandy. <laughs> Everybody, every man had a growth thing. That's true." Except Charles Ford. So here's the interesting thing, though. Like at, at the time of his death, he had really, through no effort at all, built this cult following, and people would send him letters and and descriptions of Newspaper weird events, clippings, clippings. And- but also their their personal um, research into some areas. Um, and while he read them all, um, and you know he was a, a good pen pal, but. He's, you know, to his friends, he was like, can you believe these people? <laughs> Man, what's going on over here? Yeah. Um, he had such a uniquely interesting viewpoint. And this is kind of where things take a little bit of a detour because Charles Fort believed in nothing that he wrote about. <laughs> he even said it himself. Yeah. As clear as he could possibly be. So, you know, okay, uh, backseat lawyers, let's see if he can work your way around this one. <laughs> when was asked about you know his his writings and his beliefs fort writes i believe nothing of my own that i have ever written i mean th- th- there you go i mean it, he, it's it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing but yeah i mean he you know that was sort of his kind of his game with it um i think he liked to dance with the weird but he didn't want to take it home a lot like us yeah no and, and that's and, the thing i i feel much more much more of a of a of a, a like-mindedness with him than i thought that i would he tr- fort <laughs> was not a true believer he was a guy who thought wow there is weird stuff going on in the world um and you see these little glimpses tiny little newspaper articles about you know sardines falling from the sky in the mediterranean and why 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 did frogs fall out of the sky in oklahoma you know it's yeah. like, what you know he was obviously uh, just an extraordinarily curious person and when you have someone who is almost pathologically curious you know it, its whole life has been dominated by this need to get out and see and learn and touch and smell and mm-hmm. do that that person is going to end up with a sort of quixotic mission of yeah. sorts but he kept it in a good perspective in that he was he loved aggregating information and sharing it and talking about it, but he didn't, you know, he was the first person to, to coin the, the idea of missing persons being the result of alien abduction. Yeah. He invented that. And he also is credited with coming up with the term teleportation. Yeah. Which we use all the time now in the future because it's the future. Right. We teleport all the time. Oh, I get tired of it. Well, I I run out of Bitcoin sometimes when I use it. But. Right. Well, that's why I like um, I I like to I artisanally walk. I'm an <laughs> I'm an artisanal pedestrian. You get filtered through the charcoal of the Fiji Islands. Oh yeah. Also, uh, I make my own shoes. Of <laughs> birch bark. But like, truly, just as as we would say, don't listen to a fucking thing we tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should we're say it more We're giving you often. information. Definitely should say it more But don't often. listen to anything we're saying. 
<laughs> we we are we are not unlike Charles Hoy Ford. Yeah. We are barely enough. Uh, informative enough for you to win an argument with your mom and only if she's busy doing something else and <laughs> just wants you out of the room. However, we do take science seriously on this yes. podcast. Yes, we do. We trust it and we love it. And mm-hmm. Charles did not. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing. He selectively didn't, didn't. And yeah. that needle was never near the middle ground. He picked one end of the bell curve of the other. He's like, medicine? F- no. Uh, phenomenon? What's your science? How'd you do it? Right. So, yeah, just, just I guess, uh, an eccentric view, a very selective acceptance of, of, of what he believed and, and or didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, some realms of science he thought were the ultimate crucible of truth. And some of them he was like, eh, they're all crooks. Yeah. And um, he had this sort of, he, he had this need to disprove scientists. He thought that scientists... Uh, had had such a, a grasp on the world that they were infallible and, and science was infallible and, and that they were 100% right all the time, which was a complete misunderstanding on his part, obviously. Yeah. But he, he sort of championed the cause to take science down a notch. Right. Because he thought they were a little bit too preachy. And, and the same thing with religion. And he was uh, a very self-proclaimed atheist mm-hmm. and he thought you know basically the same exact thing about religion too he would, preachy he would have made such a good redditor uh however uh, to to contrast that he wasn't very concerned with uh exactly proving how the phenomena he was researching happened uh here's one example there was apparently a uh, a story about a talking dog <laughs> who disappeared into a puff of green smoke because it wasn't weird enough. And he he rejected the story, expressing doubt that that the, the dog went up in a puff of green smoke. Therefore, a story... No, that's that's stupid. Yep. Talking dog? F*** it. I'll take well, it. I mean, that's all day. That's Francis green the smoke. talking meal. Jump the shark. Jump the shark. <laughs> He's the toughest critic is yourself. It's, it's Except for it's my, my inner critics, like everything you do is art. I love you. When you see a mirror, kiss me. That's what my inner critic says. Of his writings, he wrote four uh, collections of of these weird tales. Mm -hmm. The first one, The Book of the Damned. Uh, Then he wrote New Lands in 1923. Then he wrote Low in 1931. And then he wrote Wild Talents in 1932. Uh, And yeah, at the end of this, he, he was really kind of surprised and delighted in a way like like oh that's pretty silly <laughs> that all these people had uh taken up the 40 and cause you know had, all these people were like he said following him kind of like a cult and yeah he was just like these silly people <laughs> right and again you know he was nice he responded to letters you know he would he would talk to people but he he didn't want that and he was like and, and the other thing is that he didn't like true believers yeah he he thought that anyone who just believes in something is not helping anybody. Uh, he didn't, he didn't want to deal with those people. Mm-hmm. There was not a thing he was uh, willing to do. I mean, he was very nice to people, but, but people who would walk up and, and, and tell them, I assume their story. Mm-hmm. He was just like, Oh man. Uh, all right. You know, he, he was so convinced of the power of, of proof 
that belief irritated him. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Kind of sounds like Dan Harmon in a way. Do you know what? I am so glad you said that. As this goes on, I'm like, I, I felt like I almost said that earlier and I didn't. <laughs> but yes, he 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 kind of feels weirdly Dan Harmony, like, like, oh, you guys are great. You can come on. What, yeah. what are you doing? Bouts um, of depression and... Right, yeah. It goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely see that. <laughs> Charles Fort is everyone. Little Charles Fort and everyone. <laughs> so... By the time he died, his uh, his old pal Tiffany, the man, <laughs> uh, had created the Fortean Society to, um, you know, but yeah. champion the cause that Ford had had already taken up with part notes yeah. and part legitimate interest in the paranormal, part middle finger to Charles. Like, look yeah. what I did yeah. now. And like, also a, a pinch of like Fuck you scientists too. <laughs> yeah, and I, the thing that I enjoy about this is 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 there's this 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 running. Um, theme of of charles fort's ball busting friends <laughs> yeah that are like nah you don't get to stay home tonight oh no i made a society in your name <laughs> all those guys you were complaining about i've united them <laughs> <laughs> i love it so they began publishing 40 in society magazine which later turned into doubt magazine uh and then when tiffany died in 1959 uh the 40 in society kind of fell apart then it was, I think it was uh, kind of picked up as the Fortean Times a little later. Yeah, uh, 74, I think, is when the Fortean Times launched. I think so. I, I don't have the, the date 70. in front of me, but. Four. Eight. Um, what? <laughs> there was also uh, the International Fortean Organization. Info. Info Journal that was published uh, several times a year. And that had such anomalous phenomena as astronomical uh, anomalies uh, physical science weird stuff hoaxes and cryptozoology all the good stuff then they had the society for the investigation of the unexplained sit you <laughs> sit you which uh, collected data and and published a magazine called pursuit and it's it just it just grows it just branches out from there yeah and and it continues to this day we are we are pretty much a, a an acorn on this tree. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I find, I think we have far more in common than I thought we did. I always thought that he was kind of a thro a frothy mouth believer. And he wasn't, he was, no, he was all. not. His mouth was dry and clean of froth. <laughs> Couldn't afford froth at first. No. And, and apparently his homebrewed beer went flat pretty quick. So there wasn't even froth. Zing. And, and like you said, funny, the, the ironic thing about it all, he opposed this idea of, of a Fortean society and thought that such a group would attract spiritualists and crackpots. <laughs> That's the best part <laughs> is that he was like, no, you guys don't get what I'm doing. No, no, I don't need to hang out at Stonehenge. I, there's a library right here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a compiling accounts. Yeah. So there you go. So that's that's our, our tip of the hat to um, Mr. Chucky Hoy Boy. <laughs> Hoy Poloy. Fortitude. <laughs> yeah, the fort. The fort. Oh, man. Thanks, Charles. Yeah, thank you very much. I'll pour out some from a homie. Sorry, I'm not going to ruin the pod studio with pouring out 40s. Yeah. We would, we'd have to wear waders because of all the homies we've lost. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know some more about the old uh, fort, the Fortian uh, stuff that goes on and Fortiana, I'll I'll put some links on the the website and 
and check them out at your leisure. Yeah, and if you've got a problem, <clears throat> yo, I'll solve it. Check out my beat while DJ Flora revolves it. Chilling up in the fort, Charles Ford. I'm having 40 in times. I'm dropping 40 in rhymes. I'm going to drink this 40, then I'll do my time. I got 20 to life because I don't give a no more. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Damn, you were spitting hot shit. <laughs> you were spitting it hot. I was, we both like looked at each other and were like, whoa. Yeah, he can't stay on that roller coaster for long. <laughs> shit. I'm dropping 40 in rounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that that's charles ford in uh <laughs> my skeptical beatbox and nutshell <laughs> yeah oh that came out of the woodwork oh <laughs> anyway um <laughs> well now i feel like we're downhill from <laughs> yeah, and the loss of momentum is palpable uh, <laughs> oh, good thing shit. we didn't lead with that all right no doubt you know what? Put a little extra little oomph in that gas tank. Please tell me. Please. Pecans. 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 There's a K in there. Pecans. No, not pecans. Just puns. As he, as he, yeah, is very excited. I pissed the dog off with my be- with with my made up word. Puns. Puns. <laughs> you know there was a uh, an ad campaign for. Uh, one of uh, Charles Fort's books, uh, and it was it was sort of I'm just going to come out and say it. It was it was aimed at the tough urban setting. It was the the inner city. Okay, and uh, they actually used kind of like a hip hop thing to sell it. And the uh, the campaign was called "Shorty Get Low." L O L O L O apostrophe. Yeah, they wanted people to buy the book low, and it was like "Shorty Get Low." <laughs> Or shoddy. Shoddy. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I've got a magical place that's in Albany, New York. Oh, I'm listening. And uh, I think they've got a location in Hell's Kitchen, too, by the way. But um, it's it's this magical wonderland where you can go and just and you can find uh, action figures of, of mythological creatures. You can find play sets of things to drop out of the sky uh-huh. and stuff and everything. It's just like a, a, a kid's wonderland. It's Charles Toy Fort. <laughs> nice. I like the toy fort. <laughs> you know, we've got uh, a new sponsor for the podcast. For, yeah. It's a, it's a magazine. Um, it's based in Chicago, really aimed at the Chicago demographic. Um, and it's for uh, people who are Chicago liqueur enthusiasts of a specific set. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, it's not only uh, the, the writer's, um, will go to bars and drink this liqueur and, and share their stories. But they also encourage their readership to do the same. You know, what happened to you when you were drinking? And uh, the the magazine's called The Malordian Times. <laughs> Malort. If I, 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 I've never heard of Malort before I moved to Chicago, so maybe there's other cities where it's endemic, <laughs> like bedbugs. But I know it's a huge deal in Chicago. It's always the cheapest shot at any bar. If you want a shot of liquor, you can get a cheap shot of Malort and you will rue the day. I know, I know people who are super into it 
it's like this bitter yellow yeah punch in the throat and yeah. the liver yeah it bypasses your mouth goes straight for the throat yeah it's it is I, I can't tell if its popularity is a result of just like its price its price the fact that everyone's like well you go to chicago it's that same shitty mentality that says i can't put ketchup on my hot dog right listen i didn't fight and die in video games depicting no less than three major u.s wars so that someone could tell me what kind of condiment I could put on my hot dog. I mean, I believe you won a medal of honor. <laughs> I did. I did. I was once in a company of heroes. <laughs> Engaging in some modern warfare, I think. So, don't tell him. That's right. Also, tomatoes on a hot dog, you're dumb. You want to fight? Not you. Oh. Okay, so, sliced up. tomatoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Come on. Come on. Celery people. salt all day. Keep the, keep the salad to yourself. If I'm eating a hot dog, I don't want greens. <laughs> That's right. You've made a choice. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Pat, right. Puns. Puns. Back one, to puns. One more here. Um, and I, I think I'm going for a two-week theme here. You'll probably sm- sniff it out. Okay. But there's a there's a book that uh, Charles Fort wrote, and then he didn't like it, so he burned it. <laughs> but it was about this this guy that was real down on his luck, but what happened was he happened on a bunch of pigs that fell out of the sky. And he's like, what the hell? Was it Richard Pryor? No. Sorry. But. Just figured I'd ask. <laughs> apropos of nothing. But he picked up, the, he, he picked all these pigs up. There's a bunch of them. He picked them all up and he, and he opened up a shop. Uh-huh. And he, he became a butcher. And that was the book of the hammed. <laughs> he was hammed. Oh, that was good. That was really good. I, I have a lot of respect for that pun. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Puns, I think it's tough to respect. You know what else I respect? You know what else is tough to respect? (laughs) (laughs) Our our backlog. Yeah, that's true. It's tough to respect how we get to it, but it's easy to respect. All right, man. We've got a pun-rich listener Mm. mailbag this week. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, But first, Amy... Amy um, has uh, an idea that we have uh, thoroughly uh, uh, discussed and have already decided on that we will most certainly be including a live penalty box at the show. Now, I had this idea where you could actually, you know, pimp people into having to do the penalty box. Right. You know, like if you go with your friend, you know, yes, it's a fundraiser for the podcast. Yes, it's <laughs> like five bucks and you can make someone else go into the whatever i don't know but uh yes we're definitely gonna have a a a live penalty box (laughs) that'd be great you know what it might even be fun to do is just to have it set up in the lobby before the show so that people can just try it out you know just have like some headphones yeah just set up like that and so people can try to like maybe like longfellow shakespeare (laughs) ludicrous yeah a deadpool comic (laughs) (laughs) ludicrous my sister loved that and you you know what's terrible is everybody's gonna just be fine it's it just affects us because you've had people try it right well yeah i've had and, people try it you know what um there it's i think it comes down to how much people listen to themselves i mean duh <laughs> we're on a pot we have our own podcast that we made of our own volition we're in love with the sound of our own voice <laughs> It, if I feel like it affects me way worse than it affects you. And by, by saying I feel, it just does. <laughs> it brutalizes me. I can't. 
it used to be worse when we had our old setup for me. Yeah. That's when we first discovered it, but yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, so it, it is some kind of zone you can get into and out of, I think. Yeah, I, I always, that's the thing that makes me crazy. I feel like if I just had more mental discipline, I could ignore <laughs> it, but I don't. So thank you, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Dave, we heard from Anna. Anna! Anna or Anna. Uh, it could go either way. You, you, could, you'll you have just, to you just don't know. You just it. don't know. She has to stop listening to us at work because her, making, her ceaseless laughter was... Was it making her drink? Making, <laughs> making her look like an alcoholic when she drank. <laughs> no, uh, she said she's looking like a crazy person. Yeah, are. <laughs> uh, got her. I would love to hear... Sick burn, bro. I would, uh, she wants to hear about sea monsters, and she's even got a, a, a pun to sweeten the pot. Uh-oh. What do sea monsters eat for lunch, Dave? Whatever they feel like. And what they feel like is fish and ships. Ah, they eat boats. Boom. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. 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 Covering our bases. That's Why right. should be an awe. Ah. Oh. We got a great uh, email from Garrett B. Hey, Garrett. Garrett B. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to get sued. I can't. Um, sued by Scott B. <laughs> just, yeah. Just finished uh, uh, from the Wayback Machine, Flood Myths, part one and two. Um, and, and he had a, an, a, just kind of a personal perspective on it. You know, he's, uh, describes himself as a run of the mill Christian and, uh, kind of just takes, takes the, the entire flood mythology as a story as, as, uh, you know, perhaps something that was handed down over time and was mm-hmm. exaggerated or, or as an allegory or something like that, and that there's things to be pulled from it. Um, and so, you know, just kind of, uh, kind of gave it his perspective on that and, cool. and said, uh, thanks to us for being, uh, let's see uh, I felt that you were the most fair and balanced that anyone could ever be. So thank you very well, much. We we try to be. I don't good, know. Good, I feel like good I, to hear. Sometimes feel, we tiptoe the yeah, line. Yeah, I feel like I mess it up a lot. But thank you very much, Garrett. Thanks, Garrett. We'll be hearing back from you in just a minute. Oh, multiple times, Dave. We heard from Sam. 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 Sam loved uh, the loved, uh, I it. loved getting strange. <laughs> uh, we did too. Yeah, thank you. He he hopes we that it gets added to uh, the the lineup. Yeah, uh, I, I the think regular that, regular rotation. I think that going forward, I think that's what Bullstone is going to be is uh, stories, and we're still going to bring in you know our friends as guests, people that we like. Yep. Um, but I think that's going to be kind of the spine of it as opposed to picking an abstract question, which, you know, sometimes gets difficult or subject. To- yeah. That way everyone brings something to the table and it's a little bit more of a fun discussion. So I think, I think that is what Bullstone's going to be going for it. Yeah. And, and maybe it'll evolve from there. We'll see. I mean, you that's, just never know. We're, we're a fluid old pod. Cause we sure are. And he says his favorite recent bizarre news story is about a woman's tumor that when they, uh, when she had it removed, they discovered it had teeth and hair, and she had lived 26 years with an underdeveloped twin in her brain. I believe that's called a teratoma, and that is more common than anyone would like to know. I, and I and Sam believe that's grounds for a thunder sound. Nice. Haven't heard of... What, what, the what, thunder what sound used to us? be the, 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 the battle cry of this podcast. Yeah, and then, and then our, our wrong eagle scream... <laughs> scared us so much <laughs> no thank yeah, you sam for for reminding us of the proud majesty of a thunderstone we we really need to to get back on that that horse uh, yeah. a few mundane superpowers for you dave bring it 
The ability to raise the dead, but only former Major League pitcher Phil Necro. <laughs> Necromancy. <Yeah. laughs> the ability to move back in time after making a terrible pun, mostly used to prevent the, the pun. Rhyme travel. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the ability to be seen. I think, I think I did some rhyme traveling tonight. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> the ability to be seen and heard by people named Claire. Clairvoyance. Yeah. Claire audience. Uh, the ability to allow other people to see through your eyes into your eye sockets. X-ray eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Uh, the ability to project your thought to another person, but only messages you don't care about. <laughs> Just telepathy. Telepathy. Oh, that's brilliant. That's a great one. And finally, telepathy. Top five puns. Uh, it does top five mundane superpowers right there. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> and finally, super speed, but only while skipping. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> uh, wonderful. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Ready to enter the pun chamber? Yeah, let's. Uh, here it goes. Let's do uh, the the Fury Road of puns. I write. I, I pun. I write again. Witness me. Was a pun. Was a lovely pun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. This is great. We just added a new segment. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> You're the punny road. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have a vine account. I don't make vines, but I really want to make one vine of just a guy in a grocery store going, "Witness me!" and and shooting whipped cream across his mouth. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, there you go. You get the. I don't even have to do it now. You get it. You get it. All right, how about, a, how about a couple of rabbit punches from Garrett B? Yeah. Uh, Garrett will have us know that he leads a group that meets on Wednesday nights down by the bridge on the edge of town. The meeting is for the recently broken up couples, and it's called the Weepy Wallowers. <laughs> little sleepy hollow right there. <laughs> and after listening to the Guy Fox episode, uh, he wanted us to know that he gets his haircut at a hip salon that specializes in punk styles. It's called Fly Hawks. Oh, nice. Oh, he's so far from done. <laughs> Uh, during the 60s and 70s, a large group of women that were concerned with their rights made a garden with beautiful paths to raise awareness of their cause. Some sexist men called the garden the Fem Trails. <laughs> like and finally, from Garrett B., he knows of a rascally bear that steals picnic baskets, and his name is Baba Yogi. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, children. Come to my house with my iron teeth. How about you come and do these chores for me? <laughs> and I'll eventually murder you. I don't know, Mama <laughs> Yangi. <laughs> Get in the cauldron. I <laughs> uh, got one from Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi, Megan. She's super behind, but she's throwing in. So are we. What's the date <laughs> on that uh, that little missive from Megan? I'm not going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say. She says, what does a witch say when she doesn't want to create a certain spell? I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Have you heard the Lonely Island's new single, Dibbuck in a Box? <laughs> it's taken possession of the charts. Nice. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Got a, got something something glorious here from Anna Banana. Oh. Yeah. We put well, it together. Well, Anna. Anna mm-hmm. Now we now we think we know it's not Anna. We know your nom de pun. Ooh. Unless it's banana. Oh. Half our listenership says it like that, Dave. Don't make that sound. <laughs> Anna sends us a, a sweet... I mean, she wrote out a full and complete song, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
Hats off to you, banana. Ooh, my little Nordic one, Nordic one. When you're gonna come back to Earth, Plagerin? Ooh, you make my saucer run, my saucer run. Coming out the sky, Plagerin. Never gonna stop, beam me up. Start a saucer cult, the skepticism's rough. But of course, it's the reptoids' fault that my... My Plagerin. It rocks further from there. So thank you very much. Full song. Yeah, full song. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Banana. Banana. To end our punny road, we have the infamous, the more than famous. What? Greg Bach. Oh, G. Bach. When Stecco spoke of the Knights of the Round Mabel, <laughs> it is important to know those paintings of her were done by a man who celebrated both the woman's form as well as the secret word. His style of art was called Paul Rubenesque. That's Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Yeah, I get it. That's it. I love you, Greg Bach. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. There is a place where you can find a deal on automobiles that cannot be beat. This guy sits on the throne of value. He is King Carther. <laughs> I gotta find King Gotham for a <laughs> great deal. deal. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Greg Bach, and uh, thanks, thanks everyone for driving you. the punny road. Yes. All right, our pun, I rise again. <laughs> Glorious. Oh, uh, so there we go. That's it. This is the time <laughs> where we ask you to uh, do the following tasks as though they were part of a, a canticle. Yeah. Maybe part of like a religious sect. Yeah. Uh, things that have to be done. Uh, write reviews of the five-star variety. <laughs> uh, also, the liking on Facebook. We hit 600 likes today. Today! He's backing me up. I love this. Also puts a lot of pressure on me. Um, we also have the Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on the Faces book. Let's get to seven Hildos. We are on the, the serious march to one Fildo. Uh, also, punch the donate button so that we can afford like a Casio keyboard so Florida doesn't have to work this also, hard. If you make that donate mutton real tender, we'll eat it. What? It sounded like you said mutton. <laughs> oh, okay. Woo! Should do a coke snort for that part. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see what else we got a donate button um, audible audibletrial.com slash blurry photos get a free book for yourself give us a monetary high five and above all else don't forget to check out our super great friends at the Chicago Podcast Cooperative uh, amazing podcast amazing talented people you like us we like them ergo SAT question style you like them <laughs> So there you go. Yeah, how about checking out Improvised Star Trek? It's an improvised parody of Star Trek. <laughs> Featuring the adventures of the crew of the USS Sisyphus, a slightly less enterprising starship. They are part of the Chicago Podcast Co-op, and we thank everyone over at Cards Against Humanity and the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Yes, we do. Check them out. And I think that that about wraps it up. Yeah. Right? For this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David Flort. Nice. And I have been Dave, 40s and Rhymes, Stecco. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>